Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Boosters, my people. That's the name of the game. Everybody's got to get a booster. You're getting boosted, your kids, your mother. My gosh, you can't walk down the street without a booster. If you're walking down the street without a booster shot, you should be collected by the police immediately, you know, for your safety. And then you should be taken to a facility, you know, for your safety. And then you should be given a booster shot, you know, for your safety. (laughs) These people don't stop. They don't rest. They don't quit. It is absolutely incredible. Really is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Here's the question. Your employer says you have to get a booster. Are you keeping your job? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Maybe you're already boosted. But we we haven't seen data that shows the, the, the efficacy Of, of of the boosting. We have a belief, or at least they have a belief, but we haven't we haven't proven it. Not, not by any stretch of the imagination, guys. And I'm not going to be, you know, angry about it. If if, if you show me data that shows that uh, a booster shot does X, Y, and Z, and I think X, Y, and Z is of value, well then I'm uh I'm good. I say, okay, share that story and people will make a decision. Forced boosters? Forced boosters when I have the CDC saying this? Shouldn't the messaging be, though, Rochelle, as we sit here? There, because if we're going into year two, people think we're waiting for you to sound the trump and say it's all clear. We're not really going to get an all clear, are we? We just have to face the fact that we're going to have to live with this. True? I, I think that that's probably too, true. But what I would say is we have a lot of control and power to do that as we come together, as we get vaccinated, as we do those prevention things that work to protect one another yeah. and ourselves and our family. We can bring down the amount of disease in this country and get much faster to that place. What does it matter if I bring down disease if it's here for forever? What disease am I bringing down? COVID? Delta? Omicron? What what am I bringing down here? You realize that the head of the CDC just said something that doesn't make any sense and does not provide any answers. The people opposed to vaccine mandates have a far greater argument than those people living in fear and demanding the mandates. Because the people demanding the mandates don't actually have a cogent conversation. They have got pablum between Walensky and Fauci and the rest. It sounds like this. It's ridiculous. And part of the reason it's ridiculous is because... You cannot plan for every eventuality. You cannot plan for every variant. You cannot live this way. We have people going back down the road of lockdowns. I'm going to get into this because we're seeing this from the NBA and and NHL, NFL. This is some crazy stories going on out there. 
But moving down this road, and this all comes from here. Here, Here's the study, right? So I got this locally uh, that uh, scientists at Sheba Medical Center, which is uh, affiliated with Tel Aviv University, people who have a two-dose series of mRNA vaccine. So mRNA is Pfizer or Moderna. Took the two doses. The one, the two, made you feel sick for a day. Okay, you're, you're back on your feet. Then you took a booster. So you took the two dose and you took a booster. It's four times less effective against the mutation compared to the Delta variant. What mutation? You mean Omicron? So the vaccine in full and a booster is four times less effective against Omicron than Delta. And they respond... They respond by saying, health officials say, this could indicate that more boosters are needed. That is such an anti-science statement that it requires those of us who didn't graduate college to stop the world and say, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense. How can you make the statement that the answer will be more boosters when Omicron is, is more effective in getting past the, the vaccine and booster. Right? That's one way to say it. Omicron gets past the vaccine full dose and the booster. Four times as well, may I add. But that still does not. Does not. Um, solve our problem. Our problem is that we still think that Omicron is the issue and didn't ask ourselves, is Omicron deadly? We spoke yesterday about positivity rates, right? Everyone wants to talk about positivity rate, number of people who are positive. Positivity rates don't mean a damn thing. And if your doctor says they do, have them call into this show and I will prove them wrong. I have no college degree. How do I know this? It's because I read and I am not invested in a certain science to allow me to fit my narrative like you are. We just want data. We just want some facts, bitches. That's all we want. Stop trying to scare us and stop trying to scare our kids, you lunatic psychopath losers. Just give us data and we'll make decisions. It's so simple. Positivity rates don't mean anything. Because it doesn't matter if Omicron was present in 100% of the American populace. It would only matter if Omicron is killing every third person. The issue is not positivity. The issue, the issue, of course, is whether or not it's hurting. Every bit of information we have on Omicron, which uh, the South Africans uh, uh, discovered, we should say the South Africans were brave enough to say they found This might have been in Europe, and they were a bunch of low-rank cowards. So who knows? Meanwhile, we've got this virus, uh, this this, uh, variant everywhere, but we're only not allowing travel to South African countries or to African countries like South Africa. It's, hey, ask the Bidens about their bigotry, and what am I going to do? I'm going to notice. I'm going to say so, and after that, I'm out. 
The issue here is how deadly Omicron is, not that it gets past a virus and a booster. Something's going to get past a virus and a booster. Of course it will. You get the flu shot last year, you get the flu shot this year, you get the flu shot next year, and then you know what you're going to need? A flu shot. And there are going to be people who get COVID shots. Ongoing boosters. Of course. You know, the people who are screaming, see, this is the plan. You'll always need this. It goes on for forever. Well, the boosters may go on for forever. Some kind of defense may go on for forever. But you don't have to take it. But you see, now they want to engage force in in taking it. They're all desperate for the force in in taking it. These gross, awful people. They're gross, awful, terrible people who want to force you to get vaccinated. And I say that I know some of these people. CEOs and, and business leaders and others. It's a rough thing to tell somebody they're gross and they're awful. How do you tell somebody who has done great work for a city that this one thing makes them just the worst person in the world? I mean, it's it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a rough statement to make. So so what if I I, I changed it and 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 I said it uh, this way? Um, the people who are pushing forced vaccines are wrong. That that, that does not change. That does not change. And while they may argue it comes from a place of uh, decency, I would argue it comes from a place of fear. And I would hope that they find that realization and make their changes uh, sooner rather than, than, than later. Because forced vaccines do us no good. They only do us great harm. And now they're going to get into forced boosters. You bet your bottom dollar. We've already discussed this. Because look at what the story is talking about. The answer to Omicron, which isn't deadly, is another shot? That's weird. They did a lab study. 40 patient blood samples were assessed. 20 had their Pfizer shot series but had not been boosted. The other 20 had their two-dose series plus the booster within the previous month. And results showed both samples fell short of developing antibodies against the virus, and the neutralizing effect was also limited. That's not, that doesn't matter. Here's the question. Let's say that these 40 people, and it's a lab study, right, as opposed to a larger scale study. Uh, let's say uh, that, that, that uh, these 40 people all got COVID. How many died? If you tell me that three people died, I'll tell you, my gosh, that's a lot. Can you tell me about the comorbidities associated with those three people, please? Some people want to deny. I am not in the denial business. I am in the asking questions business. And then there are those who get upset with you for asking questions. Anyone who is upset with you asking questions about COVID, that is the enemy. Ask all the questions you want. Ask why you can't talk about ivermectin. Ask why you you can't talk about uh, um, hydroxychloroquine. Ask why people are taken off of YouTube and other places when they talk about side effects from the vaccine. Because all of those things are simply wrong. Discussion is good. Discussion is valuable. And rational people want what? All of the data. You know what we're being kept from? We're being kept from all the data. And even this story about uh, Omicron. 
doesn't get to the key. If it's not deadly, what do I give a damn? What does it matter? If the variants get less and less deadly, does it matter if they're more and more contagious? I'm not a doctor. Why isn't anybody asking this question out loud? Oh, it's very frustrating. I only hope I'm doing a good job of voicing your frustration on this. Because it is. It's just it's just horrific. But I shared with you Walensky. And I already shared with you where Fauci is on this in this really just ugly statement. You know, George, it's tough to tell because the third shot of an mRNA could not only do what we absolutely know it does, is it dramatically increase the level of protection, but from an immunological standpoint, it could very well increase the durability of protection by things that you can't readily measure by the level of antibodies, that you might have a maturation of the immune system that would prolong the durability. You don't know that, George, until you just follow it over a period of months if it becomes necessary to get yet another boost then we'll just have to deal with it when that occurs but i'm hope no that's not science i mean even listen to the way he he discusses it but from an immunological standpoint it could very well increase the durability of protection by things that you can't readily measure by the level of antibodies that you might have a maturation of the immune system that would... Could, might... I I, I hear what you're saying, Dr. Fauci. Third shot of an mRNA could not only do what we absolutely know it does, is it dramatically increase the level of protection. What's dramatically increase? Do you have a number for that, sir? It could do what we know it does? What is the dramatic increase? And what does it mean in real world terms? Look at how they talk. Listen to what they're saying and ask yourself, is it a cogent conversation and a cogent argument? And I put forth to you that it is not. Listen to that again. The third shot of an mRNA could not only do what we absolutely know it does, is it dramatically increase the level of protection. Dramatically, last I checked, is not a scientific term. If you were in a lab and you asked how much of this solution should I add to the beaker, no scientist will turn to you and say, a dramatic amount, please. No one! What are we talking about? What is dramatically increased? Where's the number? Numbers are what we want. Data is what we want. Fear factoring doesn't do us any good. And I'll say it again for the people in the cheap seats. I'm not anti-vax. It works, people. It has some side effects for these people over here. And I think we should be able to talk about that. But you're going to say it doesn't work in lessening severity of illness when we talk about covid and and delta variants of course it does you'd have to be back crap crazy to say otherwise of course it does there's also some interesting conversations going on about those who are vaccinated and the spreading of covid well the vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading covid vaccinated and unvaccinated people can equally spread covid 
Therefore, the vaccine is just about how you want to deal with it if you should get it. If you don't want to deal with it, you know, if, if, if you're not worried about it, don't get it. It's fine by me because you are no effect on my life. You are not more spreading COVID than anybody else. That's data. Don't hear that conversation on The View. Don't hear that conversation even from Dr. Fauci. Who still wants to lie to you and tell you that masks on your kids in school somehow matter. Oh, I'm with you, guys. Frustrating. It, uh, uh, look, I, I, I would argue that I'm a pretty bright guy. Smarter than some, not as smart as others. But it is wrong when the radio host can so kick the ass of doctors at the highest levels of government. It's wrong. I mean, I'm happy to do it. But it shows a serious problem in society. A problem that might be far worse than COVID ever was. I'm Tony Katz. I'm going to dig in on this story about these, this desire to pretend that the level of crime that we're seeing has nothing to do with policy. The story is Democratic mayors under fire as crime, violence, plague, Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia. Oh, lots of other places. I live in Indianapolis. It's not good. Murder rate is at records. And people still want to say it's COVID. It's not COVID. It's not a tumor. It's not COVID. COVID's real. COVID has created issues. Higher suicide rates, increased obesity in kids. It's the total lack complete and total lack of of strength in policing. It's this belief that somehow people are entitled to steal and, and uh, they, they've earned it. If you won't prosecute, you're not going to have any disincentive. We've seen what the left wants to do with defund the police and we've seen the result in o- just over a year. So... Maybe we don't want this. Dear Lord, it's COVID. It's laughable. I'll be breaking more of this down. Elon Musk is person of the year. And J.K. Rowling, my free speech spirit animal, even if we don't agree. Because that's not what free speech is all about. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz Today. Elon Musk is your person of the year. And so excited was Elon Musk, he wanted you to know that he opposes forced vaccination. Are you vaccinated, if I yes. may ask? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm very, very pro-vaccination. Yeah. We've, uh, it's, the science is unequivocal. Yeah. I treat it to that effect. Right. But by the same token, I, I am against forcing people to be vaccinated. You know, I think this is just not something we should do in America. I think we should encourage people to be vaccinated strongly try to convince them to be vaccinated, but not force them to be vaccinated or, or for example, force them to get vaccinated or get fired. Person of the year, Elon Musk. Oh, they're taking such grief for that.
Are they? Oh, they are taking such grief. How can you pick him? An evil billionaire not paying his fair share, more interested in space than giving people a fair wage, even though he's created, you know, thousands of $100,000 jobs. And he doesn't believe in forced vaccination. He doesn't pay taxes. My gosh. He named his baby a mathematical formula. He's the worst. But they've picked horrible people as people of the year before, like Vladimir Putin and Adolf Hitler have both been person of the year. Well, they were just misunderstood, but Elon Musk oh. isn't giving us the money, man. It's not right. And that I wanted a Tesla real bad. I go you Ford one. I assume that's what they sound like. I'm not so sure. I actually don't know where that impression came from. All I know is it just took the life out of me. I'm actually winded. <laughs> Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Did I play for you the Smirconish audio about private schools? I didn't play that yesterday? Oh, no. Okay, all right. If if you're driving, because a lot of truckers listen to the show, what's up? What's up? Uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, doing work, service guys, and and and, and traveling salespeople. Hey, how are you? Great uh, to have you here. Um, I need you guys. Promise, promise you're driving. Hands on ten and two. This was a conversation. Mike Smirconish was a radio host in Philadelphia, and then he went to Sirius Satellite, and then he got a gig at CNN. And instead of being on the right, he decided to play the center. Right, he decided to. Uh, Play, play uh, the, 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 the center there. I don't know what that means. Right? About playing the, the center. He, he's, he's on the left. It's just the way it is when you hear him talk. And he, after uh, Chris Cuomo lost his job because he's a snake, uh, he, uh, he, he loses his job. And, and Mike Smirconish is right now filling in. Maybe he's going to get the spot for all I know. Smirconish fills in. And he's doing that world-famous handoff. You know, Chris Cuomo and, and Don Lemon, they do that handoff. Oh, man, just a lot of bro love, man. We're going to bro out and do bro things. And all oh, that Trump. Ooh, that Fox News. Ha, ha, ha. We're going to go sexually abuse some people. Well, allegedly. Well, not in my case. I'm Chris Cuomo. And, and, and they do the handoff, and then it's off to Don Lemon's show, and, and, and his family is watching, saying, Don looks so good today. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing going on. So Smirconish is there, and he's doing the handoff with Don Lemon, and they get into a conversation about private schools. And, and this is really about school funding. Listen. Our children all went to a particular school where the chapel service was a big part of their education. But here's the thing. We paid for that education, right. my wife and me, and not the public. Amen. Same with my parents. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. And that's how it night. should be. Right. Poor people should not be able to have a chance at private schools or parochial schools. They should suffer with whatever garbage public school there is. And rich guys like the Smirconishes and the Lemons, they should be able to get their babies the education that they want. That's a great, great lesson. Thanks for sharing it. Greatly appreciate it. What the hell? Does anybody listen? Listen to it again all went to a particular school where the chapel service was a big part of their education. But here's the thing. We paid for that education, my wife and me, and not the public. Amen. Same with my parents. So there you go. Okay. And that's how it should be. 
That's how it should be. No, money should never follow the school. It should follow the student. It should follow the student. Any student that wants to be able to be in a better place for them should be able to do do so. Actual choice. Doesn't matter if the teachers are happy. It doesn't matter if the administrators or the unions are happy. As a matter of fact, I think every decision you make should be based on whether the union is miserable. If the union's miserable, I think you should do it. No, wait, you should do what's best for you regardless of the union? Fine. Be that way. What an ugly, ugly, elitist, snobbish, gross thing this is for these two guys. It's gross. And I got to tell you, uh, I I don't know what the future holds for CNN. I'm going to get into some more of it a a little bit later. Who are they talking to? Who are they who are they trying to reach? Now, I ask that as a guy who does commentary, right? That's that's what I do on radio. Uh, the amount of times I'll go to foxnews.com and I'll see a story about CNN, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want this. I, I, don't, I don't want this. I don't want any part of this. I don't want to hear about what CNN did or didn't do. I want news. And it seems that, uh, certainly for CNN, CNN's all, all their programming... All of their programming is um, all about Fox. I don't want Fox to do that. I want, I want these news organizations to actually do news. I will tell you that this, this fight between the two, um, A, has built up the digital profile of Fox massively, and B, has really created the opportunity for News Nation and Newsmax. It really has. I mean, it just, I don't think it's, it's too deniable that it, you've, you've built more of these audiences around this idea that you actually have news because there are still things on Newsmax. Like, look, I appear on Newsmax every week, sometimes twice a week. No, no, definitely, uh, usually uh, uh, twice, was it twice? No, it used to be twice a week and then I brought it down to once a week, but I, I, I could do more. Um, and there are some people I, I really and truly like. And then I think I, they have some programming that they really need to work on. But when it comes to their, their reporting, like they just picked up James Rosen. They just picked up James Rosen. So you've got uh, uh, Gizzy and, and you've got Logan Raddick who's doing a good job as a reporter. And you've got Rosen. You've got some people there who know how to do the job. Then you learn um, that they uh, they just got rid of Emerald Robinson. And people are like, oh, Newsmax, what are you doing? Firing Emerald Robinson. Emerald Robinson was probably one of their lead reporters, was there at the White House and um, had some serious things to say about the vaccine. It's one thing to be anti-vax. It seems that she was playing into what people would refer to as conspiracy theorist stuff. I mean, there were some, some weird comments and about being satanic and everything else. And um, 
That's all there is to it. What Newsmax is saying is uh, her contract ends in January and we will not be renewing it. Okay. That, that, that's going to happen. That is 100% going to happen. That people don't get their contracts renewed for all sorts of things. And if you're too much of a liability for the network, you're going to go. You take a look at the programming side of Newsmax and you're like, man, I mean, uh, Cortez and Pellegrino and, and, and what uh, um, uh, Stinchfield is, is doing and some of the others, I, 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 some of it's too much for me. But on the news side, man, I'm super, I'm super uh, impressed. On the news side, very, very much so. On some of the, uh, you know, opinion side, it's not where I live and breathe, and that's fine. I would do a different show. I would do, I, and they know it. They told, I've discussed it. Okay, that, that, has, that has never been a serious conversation. That has been an offshoot conversation. I've seriously discussed it. I, I, it it's like, Tony, would, would, would you ever take a, a job at Fox? And the answer is Fox is never offering me a job. It doesn't matter. But I would never be the guy doing the Hannity-esque kind of show. That's nothing against Sean. It's that just that's not where I live and breathe. That's not where my, my interest would be. Nor would I ever be a reporter. No, no, no shot. No shot. I want to talk. I want to engage. I want people to go deep, the, 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 the whole thing. And so those are the things. That's talk show. That's, that's not necessarily what Tucker does or, or Laura or, or Sean. And they're clearly doing well, and the numbers uh, show it, and, and good for them. With, with the Newsmax guys, I think they need a couple more, um, more fo- I think they just need a little more focus on some of those programs. News side, I think they do great. But if Fox is going to talk about CNN and CNN is going to talk about Fox, it creates great opportunity for Newsmax, and they've taken advantage of it. Huge, may I add. And it creates opportunity for News Nation now. And they really see themselves as a center outfit that, that I would argue leans right. You know, that, that has a, a willingness to, to tolerate well that side, which I appreciate. But they really are working it hard as a news outlet. And uh, Fox and CNN fighting like this are creating great opportunity. Great opportunity for this to, to grow and build. J.K. Rowling is my spirit animal. And the reason is because this is not a moment to suffer the fools lightly. And certainly not, um, well, certainly there is no time for any of us to keep quiet. That story is up next. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I do want to get into the J.K. Rowling story, but you know, forgive me, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it just for for a bit. Uh, st- stick around. It, it, it's it's worth its weight in gold. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Joy Behar is very worried that the Supreme Court could bring back segregation. She's concerned that this Supreme Court is so radical and conservative that uh, if if they keep throwing all these things to the states, I mean, they could overturn Brown versus the Board of Education and bring back segregated, segregated schools if they want in some states. First, 
Oh, dear Lord, aren't you the fool? Secondly, we saw that the court regarding uh, abortion is showing a its cards, if you will, in that states have rights. Whether you're talking about the Texas law or whether you're talking about the Mississippi law, the Mississippi law is really, to me, more, more interesting. They seem to be leaning in this direction, and, and they won't have a decision on the Mississippi law, which says viability is 15 weeks uh, until June, I believe it is. And the real conversation here is that if the states can determine viability, because viability is something that was brought up when we go back to, to Roe v. Wade, well, then what is Roe versus Wade? States should have the rights to determine viability, and if that's the case, one state might say 15 weeks, another state might say six weeks, and then California will say 13 years old. Because there, there are people who are absolutely down with infanticide. The governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, is. Don't deny reality. This is who they are. So she's worried that this court could, uh, could overturn Brown versus the Board of Education. And bring back segregated schools. The schools are doing a fine job of segregating themselves. Because leftists, the woke people like yourself, believe in this. A black students get a black teacher and white students get a white teacher. We've seen this happen in schools. We need safe spaces on campuses only for black and brown people. We've got masks here free for black and brown people if you're white, $10. They are segregating themselves. If you are worried about segregation, tell me what you think of historically black colleges and universities. Now me, totally fine with them. What is it? HBCUs? Uh, Completely fine with them. Just like I'm fine with Christian colleges. Just like I'm fine with Hillsdale. Go to the place that fits your need, want, and desire. What does it matter to me? Live your life. You should want to live a life that gets you a full-on education and actually teaches you some things from all sorts of, of, of things. Teaches you things from all sorts of things. Yeah, I said that. That's why I get paid the big money in radio. You want to get perspective. You want to get conversation. You want to hear different thoughts and ideas as opposed to shutting out thoughts and ideas. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. After all, I believe in the idea of of actual freedom and people should be able to speak in the public sphere. Raise a glass to freedom. Which is why we're going to get into a conversation about J.K. Rowling coming up. But the segregation is already taking place. But it isn't from the political right, it's from the political left. So I don't know what Joy Behar is so worried about. But you do understand that she doesn't believe in states' rights at all. She she doesn't, which is a whole uh, another problem. And then she goes on to say... um, why do we need the Supreme Court? They're on a path to oblivion, it seems to me. They keep making this type of decision. Am I right about that? Uh, no. No, 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 you're not. You're not right uh, about that. So we'll see where they go with this uh, abortion conversation. Um, but the, the, uh, the Texas law, I think, is going to get a really interesting look. 
because the Texas law it is it, about abortion puts the onus on the individual to engage in, in, in a lawsuit against those uh, performing abortions or looking to get abortions. But you can't sue the person who's getting the abortion. You can only sue anybody associated with. So it does, as some people will call it vigilantism. It is odd. It is, it is a spy on your neighbor odd kind of thing that's going on. And one of the reasons that abortion providers won't do anything is because they don't know who they're going to get sued by and how and, and, and what. They, they don't know how to react to it. So I don't know how long it'll last. But if the court rules that states can determine viability, it won't matter. Because Texas will be very quick to making that change. J.K. Rowling, contempt for meadows and vaccines to travel. It's all coming up. I'm Tony Katz.